Hirsch who came and here especially to give a share to you guys and that's been a small benefit from it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bishus. Um, it's nice to see you guys and um, the uh, you know one of the things that the uh, you try to do in life is try to do things that you think are possible. And uh, I'm sure, like last year, or probably not last year, but two years ago, if you asked yourself uh, how you could be learning all day, you probably thought that would be impossible. And the truth is, you know, Kriyas Yamsuf is something that uh, people probably thought was impossible, but Hashem did it. And we have a general din, we're supposed to follow Hashem's ways. And just like Hashem, of course Hashem can do anything, you know, nothing's impossible with Him. But I think one of the messages you have is that, you know, you should never think something's impossible. If you work at something, you strive at something, you aspire for something, you turn around and, believe it or not, you can do it. And um, there's an amazing Gemara, if you get a chance to look at it, the Gemara says in some heaven on Sadiqesimut Beis, the Gemara has three shaktas, why the world was created. Rav says the world was created for Moshe Rabbeinu. Shmuel says it was created for David Amalek. And uh, Yochanan says the world was created for the Mashiach. So there was a, a great, great goan in the 20s and 30s. His name is Rabbi Miel. He was a chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. He has a sefer called Rosh Alami, where it's a collection of all his drushes. And he has a beautiful drusha there. I want to share a little bit of it. Um, and he says, what was this machlokis all about as to whether the world was created for Moshe or David or the Mashiach? So we have a, a general, you know, struggle throughout, um, you know, Jewish history. You know, what should the Iker be? The Iker should be learning or the Iker should be Luchnius and Avodah Hashem and Shiraz uh, V'tishpachos. You know, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, also in Perkachelech, that Chizkiyahu HaMelech could have been the Mashiach. But he didn't sing Shiro to Hashem. He didn't sing Zmiros. You know, they say about one of the Gedoli Yisrael that one of his grandkids went off the derech, and they asked him, how could it be, Rebbe, that one of your kid, grandkids went off the derech? So he said, you know, no one ultimately knows, but he says he didn't sing Zmiros at the Shabbos table. And somehow that made an impression. So, you know, we have to be able to learn to the highest levels, and, and it, Torah is the Iker, but you also have to have the Shiros with Yishpachos. So it could be the fact that one was created for Moshe Rabbeinu, that's to highlight the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu is our Torah. Moshe Emes is Sarasal Emes. And David Amalek also uh, was a great Lamdan, of course. And he was a Galia Masichta, the Gemara says in Erevin. He used to give Mar Mokomos to his Talmudim. And Shaul Amalek did not. The Gemara says that David Amalek was a, was a Galia Masichta. Miri says and Shaul was not. Because David gave Mar Mokomos and Shaul didn't. But the truth is, David Melch wrote Tehillim. So that symbolizes the notion of Avodah Hashem, Shiraz with Tishpachos. And it could be that the Mashiach was a confluence of both, that you have to have a perfect balance. The Iker being the Torah, but you have to have both the davening, the Avodah Hashem, Tishpachos, doing Chesed. And you guys are learning Brachos this year. I think you started from the fourth parak, right? So the Gemara has, I think, on Chav Chesem and Beis, that the Talmudim came in to visit Rabbi Yochum and Zakkai. Remember that Gemara was about to die, and they asked him why you're crying. So he uh, said that you know he was a little bit weary about a certain decision he made. The Gemara says they get in the Tisha of Gemara's that Vespasian said 
listen, what do you want? You know, I'll give you, uh, since you're very bright and he was a very, he showed his brilliance, he said, uh, uh, he said, I'll give you three things. One of the things was, So he was, he was very worried. If you look at that Kamar of Yochum and Zaka, it says that Tamim, clear out all the Kalim so the Kalim don't become Tamim. And I want you to set up a Kiseh for Chizkiah Amelech to be him, to bring him into Shemayim. So Rabbi Meir says, why was it Chizkiah Amelech, Davka? So, because he made the decision, Rabbi Yochum Zakeh, to focus on the Torah. And Chizkiah Amelech, the Gemara says, during his time, everyone knew so much Torah, the little kids knew the Mishnayis and Taurus. So if he was going to go to Shemayim, and perhaps Hashem would punish him, or not judge him correctly, he would have Chizkiah Amelech right next to him and say, well, look at Chizkiah Amelech. Chizkiah Amelech did the same thing. Even though he didn't become the Mashiach, but he focused on the Talmud Torah. That's why Dafki said, set up a kisei for Chizkiah Amelech to the him. So that's a struggle you have with the Vilna Gon and the Balatanya, and that's what you strive to do. You strive to become a better Davener in these two years, that it'll be a training ground for life. You, you, you aspire to be a Masmid, that you're able to have the Shiluv, this confluence of both the Talmud Torah and the Ruchnius together at the same time. And if you can do that, and you, you focus on one and don't leave out the other, you know, then you'll be able to what? You'll be able to have a, a, a real grasp of what Avodah Hashem, what Ben Tayyar really is all about. You know, the Rosh Koyal once pointed out in, in Psaic, you know, we say there are 48 kinyanim of Torah. And if you don't engage in those 48 kinyanim, your learning Torah could be Gezel. The real kinyanim. To be an honor, to be a person that listens, to be a person that has the ability to what? Become a better person. You know, that's why if you cause someone to be deaf, you have to pay his whole worth. If you cause someone to be blind, the Mishnah says above a you have to pay the worth of the eye. What's the difference? Because if you lose the Kachashmiyah, you can never better yourself, Rabbi Mordechai Miller, as Atzal says. It's like a spiritual fiction. No one can, you can't be criticized. You don't know what's going on. And therefore, that could be, from the Solomon Shlita once pointed out, that's the difference between Ben Sora Mora and, uh, you know, Yishmael. Ben Sora Mora is Nido Hashem Sofo. He's projected by the Torah to become a murderer. We kill him now. Yishmael, Hashem judged him right here, right now. What was the difference? Because Ben Sora Mora has exhibited he cannot listen. He doesn't listen to his parents. If a person has exhibited he can't listen, then he's done. You can't listen. You can't become better. Yishmael did listen. He married the women that he, his mother wanted to marry. If you can exhibit Shmia, you can become better. And that's where Rabbi Yon is master that mission in Baba Kama. That if you cause someone to be deaf, you lose your whole, you have to pay his whole worth because you really wrecked the person. That's what you're striving to become better. And that's the Shiddish. So we, every one of those 48 kinyanim of the Torah, the real kinyanim, you engage in the Torah and not have those kinyanim, it's kind of like you're stealing the Torah. Not kind of like you are. And that's a tremendous chiddish. You know, I remember he once pointed out, the Gemara says in Erevin, that a person that loves Gashmias will forget all his learning. So he said, I know people that love steaks, and they know Shas. So what's going on? I don't even forget their learning. It meant to be accepted in the Masifta de Rikiyah, in the Yeshiva in Shemai. Is your Talmud Torah pure and pristine? Are your Midos matching your learning? God, granted, in this world, you might be able to what? No Shas. 
but will he have the credentials to be accepted in the Sift and Shemayim, the Yeshiv and Shemayim? It's like the Gemara says, the Sifra Zutta says, not the Gemara, that only those people that are Zohar, Tchias, and will be reminded where they were learning, what daft they were, what, what type of people. Those people that their Torah is pure and pristine. You know, the Gemara has in Shabbos, on Dafkufa, Kesem, that Rabbi Harsom, he went to a certain place where he enjoyed the grapes. When he came back from that place, he couldn't even read the Torah. It was the Gadol Ador. He said, How could that be, the Gadol Ador? He was so great, Rabbi Harsom, that once he, he started feeling the Gashmias, his whole Torah imploded. Yushalmi says when they put Reb Levi on the dais, when they were, they're looking for a rav in a town, so Rabbin Akkadish recommended Reb Levi. They put him on the dais, and whenever they asked him a question, he couldn't even know it, because he felt the gaiva. His learning was so pure and pristine. Once, it, once the needles broke down, it, 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 it imploded. So that's a high madrega, but we have to strive for it. We have to be people that are benetur and tamutur at the same time. We have the Ruchnius in the Hod Hashem with the Shirev and the Shpachos. And that's what we have to try to strive to com- combine. So I think there is a certain need that I think really can turn a person around and uh, make a person a, a, a true, real Ben Torah in this way, both from the perspective of Torah and there's, from the respect of Midas Tovos and Chesed. And that is, you know, every morning when you say Rabbi Shemal Omer, we say that there's a binyan av. You know what binyan av is? You take a din and shas and you expand it to culture. Like atze shitim omdim. You know, the acacia wood, the planks in the mishkan, they had to be stood in a certain way because they were grow, grown like the trees. So the Gemara, the Gemara expands that to all mitzvahs. Like you can't shake a lulu with the lulu backwards. You need kederach gidilasim. Just like the acacia wood, the planks, you place them the way they stood as a tree, so do we, we, we expand that din to all mitzvahs, kederach gidilasim. That's an example of a binyanav. So I'd like to share with you now, I think the binyanav of all midas tovus, and I really mean this, is the mida of hakar satov. And the notion of being a person that's appreciative of Hashem and your parents and your rebbeim and your friends that do something, and that you can have the wherewithal to say the word thank you, to be an appreciative person, because it changes around your whole persona. Because I, I don't think I've ever met a guy that's a good guy that doesn't have this meter. And I've met uh, guys, unfortunately, that are not such good guys that do not have this meter. It's very rare you'll have a good guy that ha- doesn't have this meter. How can you talk about a good guy that doesn't have this notion of being a mocker tov? And I want to prove it to you. Firstly, what is the root of the word Yehudi? What's Yehudi? A Jew. What does Yehudi mean? Hoda. To give thanks. To acknowledge. Moda. To admit. Let's say, uh, if you're not learning Bal Metziah, but if you're Moda, it makes us. I agree that I owe $50, not $100. i am acknowledging, right? When you admit to something, you acknowledge. When you say thank you, you're acknowledging a guy helped you. That's the essence of a Yid. If a person is a Kafu he's not living as a Yid. Gomorrah has in the Gila, Yehudi is someone who's called for Avodazara. Avodazara is a waste. You don't have to thank Avodazara. A tree is nothing. The guy bows down to a tree. He bows down to a plank. Right? It's a nothing. It's an inanimate object. But HaKadosh Baruch you thank. So by denying Avodazara, you're, you're, you're thanking HaKadosh Baruch because you're acknowledging he's the only God. 
So that's the first Kiddush I want to point out. Yehudi means to give thanks. Number two is, there's a Medrash Tanchuma that says that someone who is a ingrate, you know, the opposite of a Makratov, an ingrate, a Kafui Tov, is Dino Kapi Kairos. You can know all the Shas and the Ram of Shulchan Aruch, but if you can't roll the words thank you off your tongue, then you can't see that Salomon Elohim that everyone's built upon. So really, what's your learning all about? You're like an Apikaris. Do you really believe that Hashem exists? That's how the Medrash Tanchum says, someone's a kafu It says that by the butler. Below Zachar Yosef. What does it say? Vayishkacheyu. Why does the Torah say he didn't remember him and he forgot him? You know why the Torah stresses that? Because not remembering forgetting our synonyms, the Torah wants to drive home this fact that someone's a kafu tov is considered to be an apikaris. So those are the first two kedushim I want to point out. The importance of that ability, and you can work on it, and you can do it sincerely, and always to be makbed on it. A third kedush you find. Moshe Rabbeinu was so invested in this concept, he refuses to do the first three makos, correct? First one, Dom and Svardea, he doesn't do, because why? He, he hit the water, and he didn't want to hit the water, he was born out of the water. And he didn't hit the ground, why didn't he hit the ground? Because the ground helped him bury the mystery. Now, if a karsito applies to an inanimate object, how much more so it applies to, you know, it doesn't mean you have to thank the shtender, but it means you have appreciation, you know. Have you ever heard of the great Rosh Yeshiva of Gusman Zatzal? He wrote the Kuntus Yeshiva. He used to have the Yeshiva Netzach, so I just noticed that it's all hotel now. They sold it. Nukhavi, I drove by, I couldn't believe it. I used to learn her business mind. He was a great, great goal. He was eight, he was eighteen years old, he was the youngest dying on the basin of Rabchaim Oser. And when the Nazis came in and pillaged Vilma, he hid in the bushes for eight hours. And then he escaped to the forest for two years. And um before the Nazis came, six months earlier, he would take walks with Rukhaim Ozer. And during their walks, they would be talking and learning. And every five minutes, Rukhaim Ozer would say, you see that plant? That plant's poisonous. You see that other plant? That plant's okay. Every five minutes, he would interrupt the learning and say this. But Gusman was thinking, what's going on? So little did he know, six months later, when the Nazis came and pillaged Vilma, he lived in the forest of tears. He had nothing to eat except for the, the, the bushes that were not poisonous. And he knew which ones were okay. So when he went, made Aliyah and built his yeshiva to his old age, in his 80s, he would insist on watering the bushes. And the Talmud said, Rebbe, let us do it. He said, no, I have our cars that talk to bushes. Because he hid in the bushes, and he ate off those bushes. So our cars applies even to inanimate objects, guys. That's the third fish. Number four. This is also, these are tremendous kedushim. And I, I want to drive home this concept. We have to be bikini, and it, it can turn around your own personality. You won't get angry. Hopefully, you won't be a balgaiva. Because if I'm appreciative what's going on, okay, let it go. I won't get so angry. I got, you got so much other things that are good going on. And you won't have to be a balgaiva. What do you mean balgaiva? What's a balgaiva? Because you, you're, 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 you're serving yourself. You're appreciative of someone else. You're not Mr. Me. A balgaiva is Mr. Me. You know, if you noticed in Parsis Matos, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to destroy, obliterate Midian. What happens? Who does Moshe tell to destroy Midian? Pinchas. Now, if Hashem tells you to walk across the street, you do it. 
Here he was told to destroy Midian, and he has someone else do it. What's going on here? So, you know, the famed Rosh Hashiv, the great Rosh Hashiv of the mirror says, you know what he says? If Hashem would tell you to be angry or be a Balgada, you do it. If Hashem tells you to be an ingrate, no way. It is unacceptable. So Moshe Rabbeinu stood on his head and reinterpreted the Bar Hashem and said, must be, I'm not supposed to do it. I'm supposed to see to it that it gets done. You cannot have the audacity. You know what audacity means? Chutzpah. To reinterpret Var Hashem. If Hashem tells you to get angry, do it. I, he probably ne- he never would tell you to do it. Call it Kohes Kilo Vodazara, with Zohar writes. And anyone could say you could lead to a Vodazara. But the bottom line is, is that if he told you to do Kras or God, you do it. But if it comes to being a Kafri told, it can't be. Here Moshe Rabbeinu says to himself, I grew up in Midian, I matured to be the Mani Yisrael, and now I'm being told to obliterate Midian? It can't be. So it must be I have to see to it that it gets done, but not myself. You hear that, Pshat? No other meeting do we have the audacity to reinterpret Varashem. But of course, That's number four. Five. Fifth finish. There is a Gemara, actually not a Gemara, a Medrash. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Midjan, and he goes to the well. And the daughters of Yisrael are there. And they, the shepherds are being mean to them. And then Moshe Rabbeinu saves them. So they come to their father and they say, Nish Mitzri So the Medrash has a reinterpretation of that possible. You know what it says? It says that Moshe Rabbeinu chimed in and said, Don't thank me, Benos Yisrael. Thank the Ish Mitzri that I killed that caused me to flee to come to this well. That means Akar Satov applies even to someone that helps you be Shogay. Even if someone tries to help you, even if someone tries to hurt you, and it turned out, and that happens in life sometimes. It should never happen to you, but someone tried to hurt you, but Hashem orchestrated it turned out for the good. You have to say thank you to that person. I'll be dead. Now, the person might punch you in the face. If he's going to punch you in the face, forget it. But I'm saying if the opportunity arises that it'll be fine, then you have to what? You should say thank you. And he said, the Medrash says, There was a man who got bit by a wild donkey, and he was, had a cut, and he was bleeding. And he uh, needed to clean it out, so he runs to the lake, and he cleans it out, and he sees a baby drowning there, and he saves the baby. So the family says, sir, what can we do to reward you? He says, don't thank me, but thank the wild donkey that bit me to cause me to come to this. That's the power of a karsatov that applies even if someone helps you inadvertently. Because Hashem orchestrated that something good happened. Next Kiddush you have about Akar Satov. There's only two stories, I believe, in all of Tanakh, at least in Nach, where we have Mechias HaMesim. With Eliyahu Navi, you know, with the baby, and Elisha Navi. Now, the dry bones of Tchesko, according to one day, was a marshal in Sanhedrin. Now, if you look at those two stories, both Eliyahu Hanavi and Elisha Hanavi were very, very indebted to those families. They had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to eat, no food, nothing. And they felt such an outpouring of gratitude. Now, you've got to talk about Eliyahu Hanavi and Elisha Hanavi. These men were tzaddiki and kedoshim, right? But they were so, had such a pure and pristine feeling of gratitude. Hashem gave them the miraculous strength of doing Tchitz 
You know, only three ring, three rings, three keys rather, one times. <coughs> what are the three rings? Childbirth, rain, and chesamesu. It's an amazing thing. But what I'm trying to bring out is that through the medium of Akar Satov, Hashem gave them, because they had such a beautiful feeling, Hashem gave them the ability to re- reciprocate, right, and, and be Mechai Mason, their babies. I want to suggest only because of the power of Akar Satov. Not because they were humble or because they didn't, didn't get angry, which are great things, great virtues, don't get me wrong. But there's something about being an appreciative person. You can take this even a step further. And we'll chazer them all. Because I want you to get to, make sure you get them all. What's the only bracha in Chazarsha shots that we as a Tzibor say? Modem. You know what Davud Ram writes? Davud Ram writes, because you cannot give a car satov, Modem is thanks through a shliach. You got to do it yourself. It's like in the Tosis Rids language in the second paragraph of a mitzvah shibakuf you can't do through shlichus. Like tefillin, you can only put tefillin in your body. It can't be put on someone else's body. It's a very personal thing saying thank you. You can't shell it out through a shlich. That's why that Vudram says we have to say it. You hear the word? That's the Chiddush. We all have to say it. And the truth is, you know, when you talk about a curse of it's not a situation of, you know, a scoreboard of reciprocation. That you helped me, I helped you, and then we're done. There's a, there, there is a ongoing type of gratitude. As they say in English, there's no statute of limitations. You know, like statute of limitations? Like if a guy does a criminal crime in America, he could be tried on that crime 40 years later. When it comes to uh, good things, so Akar Satov, Rashi, according to the Ksav Sulfur, says that also is the same. If you remember, it says, When Avram Vinu was not so wealthy, he went to one-star hotels. When he became wealthy and he came back from its rhyme, which hotels do you think he went to? He didn't go to the five-star hotels. He went to the same one-star hotels, the guys that helped him out. And even if your state in life changes, a lot of times people don't realize that by parents. They become self-sufficient. They don't need the parents. Whoever helped you, it's always there. It's always got to last. You can never forget it. And even if the person, even if you reciprocated, it doesn't make a difference. It's not a scorecard. It lasts forever. That's the chiv. That's the chiv we got to always remember. And we find that that might be problem of the Mitzvah. Because, I mean, look what Yosef Atzad did for that country. He turned the country around economically. They became very wealthy. They became very self-sufficient. And now they turn around and want to destroy all the Jews. I mean, that is the height of Kafui Tov. And for that, they were all destroyed. Except for Parham. Because Hashem said to me, that's not acceptable. You can have a nation turn around and forget about what Yosef HaTzadik did. Especially if you say it was Yosef the same king that was what? Nishadish, because Yosef wasn't a new guy. But even if it was a new guy, what he also knew what Yosef HaTzadik had done. 
and all of a sudden you turn around like this, it can't be. And a cutter sparkle doesn't stand for it. Now, there are many non-Jews, namely the nation of Amun Moav, who view Hakar Satov as a scorecard. You know, they felt like that. Amun Moav did not let us come in their lands, right? Later in the Torah, didn't give us bread and water. But what happened? They thought that the scorecard was already even because Lot was Malava Avram. Avram, when Lot was captured, redeemed Lot. Even Stephen, as they say in Latin, quid pro quo. What that means is, even Stephen, you reciprocated, we're all done. Therefore, later on in history, they didn't think they needed to fed the Jews bread and water. They wouldn't let them come by. Because that is an a, a unacceptable type of hakar satov. There is no way of getting the score even because you want to always remember what the person did. And that's the Kiddush. It has to be done in a sincere way. I remember when I was moving once to say it. I remember I thanked the, um, the mover, the head of the moving company, many times that day. He said to me, Rabbi, you don't have to thank me so many times. And I remember feeling a little bad about it because it's really not, maybe he felt I wasn't saying it sincerely because I said it so many times. So you have to make sure you say it. You know, you have to say it. You can't say, oh, I was thinking that. You have to thank your parents for giving you these two years to learn. Make sure you say it. Make sure you thank your rebellion. Make sure you thank your chaveirim. You know, it's not that it's uncool. It's cool because it's, it's being a it's being a ben And you have to make sure that you're able to say that, even for the most minute things. And it, it transforms a person's hashkafa and persona to, in, in life. So let's chazer over these things, and then I want to uh, uh, close with something, since you're learning the Masechta, Allah I just want to make sure the time, we got the right time here, on my uh, clock, because I don't want to go over, I got lunch at one, well it's almost one. So let's chazer this over quickly, and then we'll close with something in Brachas, okay? Um, what are the, I think we had eight, nine Kedushim in our Satov. Number one was, what the essence of Yehudi is, Number two, apikoyers, if you're an ingrate. Number three, it applies even to inanimate objects. Number four, we said, even fiasamesim, right? Number five, even bishoygate, someone helps you. Six is you have to do it yourself. Seven is you're allowed to reinterpret var Hashem, remember that? Eight was it's not a scorecard. Nine is there's no statute of limitations, right? And ten was about the mitzvah. About what they did, right? And, and and that's these are things we have to remember. These different chidushim marakar So that's in essence the avodrom. We'll quote one more avodrom. There are four categories of brachas. What are the four categories of brachas? Berkas shavuot v'odah brachan thunder and lightning. Berkas amitzus andulu v'nesrit luluf matzah. What's number three? Berkas tefillah. And number four, berkas nenin on food. Now a bracha. There are two possibilities to understand Birkus Nanin. Is it a matter or is it a mitzvah? You know, if you eat food without a bracha, it's stealing from Hashem. It's me'ilu. So it could be the bracha releases the yisr. But it also could be that the bracha is a mitzvah. Now a person that is an onane, who lost one of his seven relatives before the burial, he's potter from mitzvah sese. Why is he potter from mitzvah sese? To give him time to do the burial. Also because of covered a mace. Also commits a put them in a mitzvah. 
Give him time to cover the mace. You shouldn't be doing mitzvah sesay if his loved one's not buried. And number three, maybe you can't get it together emotionally. There are three reasons why an owner's part of mitzvah Now let me ask you a question. An owner, when he eats a meal, what's it then? He does not say a bracha. Now we send an owner's part of mitzvah but from lavin, he's ushering. When you eat your stealing, you cannot say a bracha. How can an owner not say a bracha? He washes his hands until he's a dying, but doesn't say a bracha. What's the answer? So Rav Zalman Chimei Gobert Fleet of the Great Gaon and the Emek Bracha, and also Rav Hershel, Rav Moshe Hershel Zatzal, they all say the following. The Isser is Novea from the Mitzvah. The Isser to eat without a bracha stealing and trespassing comes from the fact you have a Mitzvah to say a bracha. But since an Onin's Potter from the Mitzvah, the Isser doesn't get off the ground. You follow me? You have a mitzvah to say a bracha, but an owner is part of that mitzvah. So maybe the Isser doesn't get off the ground. So that's why an owner, but he, why does he have to wash his hands? Because one of the two reasons why we do the two is a dying. One is for cleanliness, and one is a gzera of srach truma, because you won't be in the time of the bread. A gzera is like a lav. So he has to do the actions of washing his hands, but he doesn't say a bracha. So he does the Nathias time, but he doesn't say a bracha. How can he steal, steal when he's eating without a bracha? No, there's no Isser stealing because the Isser don't have the mitzvah. No mitzvah from say a bracha. That's the way we pass. Rashi says if he wants to, he could say a bracha. We don't accept the Rashi. We hold like Pesach. But what I want to end with is that a bracha is the same type of thing. As the Rashi writes in the Chubas, brachata, you is very personal, second person, but it's also a brachata is a third person. There's this interplay that we're close to Hashem, the other time we got we can't be disrespectful. So that's kind of like the, the, the notion of the Torah we start off with and the Avoda. We have to combine both together. To have the Torah and have the, the Shira both together. And that's what you strive to do. You have to be a person that is in all the fields. You know, that was the Kohanim, the moon. One of the moons of the Kohanim was he had a longer uh, leg. What's wrong with a longer leg than the other leg? So it's symbolic they say. Symbolic of that you have to be a, a, a good person in all areas. Of davening, of learning, and mitis tovos. Can't just say, oh, I'm going to learn, I'm not going to be a mitis tovos. And we'll say, even affects the learning itself. Because we said that without the mitis tovos, it could be gazel. So, HaKadosh Baruch should give you guys a lot of kach, and continue your learning with your wonderful rebellion. And uh, focus on this meat of HaKar Satov. And uh, focus on the fact that we can combine the world is created for Moshe, or for David, or for the Mashiach, the confluence of both, and that you can really say when you do all the brachas you have, the four categories of brachas, all those four, you say it with kavan, you say it with appreciation, because that's really what a bracha is. You're thanking Hashem for everything. You mention, you say it, you know, you say it nicely, you know, and that's why you say it. The kavana, lo'omatnas basavadam, you're not relying on, parnasa is a big thing. You guys are too young. But these are things you can't take for granted. Your parents gave you the ability to come here, and we have to be people that are appreciative, because if we're appreciative, Hashem will look down upon it. This is what a yid is, and that's what the word yudi is. Okay, everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.